Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, what Jesus says is this, as you see it right there. He says, don't be of the world, don't be doing the stuff of the world, but you got to be in the world. I mean, what good would it do, think about this, what good does it do if Jesus says to Matthew, follow me, Matthew does, and they never go to Matthew's house where all the sinners are? What chance of those people hearing there's a cure? That's exactly why Jesus went there. Many would agree that if a medical breakthrough were to occur, the most important thing would be to share that breakthrough with the world. Whether it's the cure for cancer, HIV, or a physically crippling disease, the right thing to do would be to spread the news as quickly as possible. As much as this applies to the gospel, we as Christians sometimes shy away from sharing the greatest cure known to man. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of being a presence in the world, but not of the world. In our study, we learn how to better share the gospel in peace, humility, and love so that all may be set free from sin. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Dr. Jesus Makes House Calls. There's some things that have happened in my life that just don't make sense. Oh, they do to God, but they don't to me. So when I come to those things, I always go back to that which I do know, that God's a good God. And all things are going to work together. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. So the Pharisees are asking, why in the world is Jesus here? He doesn't allow his disciples to answer. And you'll see in a moment what his answer is. Well, take a thing, and I, and I, want, you to, I want you to go and ask yourself another question. Why did Jesus go to a party at Matthew's house? No, it wasn't for the pork chops. What was it for? Here's what it's for. Dr. Jesus went to the party because Matthew invited him. There's some of you this morning that need to invite Dr. Jesus to your house, your home. If I might speak frankly, your marriage is sick. Your relationship with your teenagers is sick. You're hurting. And you might even be a Christian today, but you're trying to solve those things, getting your marriage back healthy, getting your relationships with the kid out, getting the bank account healthy. You're trying to do that without Dr. Jesus. The Bible says this, that a house divided against itself can't stand. It says, unless God builds a house, it'll never make it. Don't be embarrassed to invite Dr. Jesus to your home. If I'm talking to you, when you leave today, get your spouse together and say, let's invite Jesus 
Oh, you're here and you're here on Sundays and that's good. And you don't want anybody to know there's a struggle going on. You, you remember the only way Matthew got help was he admitted his need. You need Dr. Jesus. He's the answer to every problem in your home. But why did Jesus go to Matthew's party? Because he was invited. Now, put yourself in Matthew's shoes. It says in our scripture that when Jesus goes to this big house, who's there? Take a look. Who's there? What's it say? Well, I got the religious people. We don't know. They're probably outside because they can't go inside because that makes them unclean. They're going, yeah. And they've got the disciples. But who else is there? Who are the party recipients? There's tax collectors and more tax collectors and more tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and the mafia from the Capernaum. You laugh, but why are they there? Because that's the only friends that Matthew has. You see, he doesn't have any friends like you and I have friends because they hate him. So let's make this the house this morning. Jesus comes in and he sits on the stool and he looks out and how do you think Jesus responded when he looked at these people? He sees a gal over here and he says, uh, ma'am, you can't dress like that. Put something more on. Cover yourself, would you? And he looks over at some guys over here and he says, hey, that's the third brewski you had. Put it down. And he looks over here and he hears a story going and he, here's the guy sticking. He says, I don't have that kind of talk around me. I'm better than you. Do you believe that that's what Jesus did when he came in the house? Do you? Act that way? You see, we're given a great lesson by Jesus. He's in a house at a party filled with sinners. Sometimes in the church, well, to be honest, we become a little sterile. You know why? We forgot what we were like. You think back what you're like. Oh, Pastor Mark, I, I didn't do any of those things. I was just a sinner. Oh, just a sinner, huh? What does that mean? You're a sinner. You're sick with sin. Doesn't matter what you did. And we forget what it was like. I don't believe just Jesus did that at all. You see, when you see this, I believe Matthew stood up. And when Jesus came into the room, I believe Matthew did this. I don't know how it worked. I don't know what it was like. But I believe Matthew had Jesus sit here and he just said, Hey guys, friends, this is a party I invited you to. And you all know how we live. We kind of cheat. That's how we make our living. That's why we have this food out here. And that's why you know how we live. And you know, we're dishonest and we kind of drink too much. And you know, we have these gals here and man, oh man, do we have free sex. This is incredible. You know how we live, guys. But I know that you're just as empty as I was. You see, that didn't solve problems. And I believe Matthew just said, you know what, today I found a solution to my emptiness. It's in a person. And I want to introduce you to this person. And that's why I invited him here. Because this person changed my life. He didn't go through a bunch of do's and don'ts. He didn't do all these lists of stuff that was wrong. He just said, if you want to change, follow me. Well, that was the most important thing that Matthew could have ever done. The most important thing you can ever do, simply share your testimony, what God has done for you. You see, Matthew wasn't 
Well, he wasn't embarrassed to introduce Jesus to his hurting friends. He'd found the answer. He found new life and wanted to share it with his friends. So the first reason that Jesus went to the party house where there was nothing but sinners was because Matthew invited him. Well, why did Jesus go to the party at Matthew's house? Here's the second reason. Dr. Jesus went to the party because there were sinners there. You see, in the church, we're just the opposite. There's, who's going to be at the party? Oh, I can't go. Now, I want to share with you a challenge. Anybody of you remember uh, Field of Dreams? Movie? And what was the main saying in Field of Dreams? Tell me. Build it and what? They will come. That's the way most people think the church is filled up. Build it. They will come. Yes, the sinner's driving by. We'll just drive right in, get in line, can't find a parking place. I'm excited to be here. Let's come on in and see what's going on. Not a chance. You see, Jesus goes, listen, goes to where the sinners are. He doesn't expect them to come to him. It started with Matthew. He went by the toll booth. He went by the tax booth. But here in the church, we have this mentality. Just put an announcement. Put a nice big thing in the bulletin. It's in your paper, the, the paper that never comes to your door. Put it right in there and say that, well, Calvary Chapel's over. We're going to have this incredible thing. Just come. No. Jesus is showing us how we must go to the lost. I want to give you this morning the ABCs of going to the lost. And maybe you never take notes, but take notes of these. Just A, B, and C. You'll see it. It won't take long. Get your pen. If you have to borrow one from a neighbor, write it. Here we go. What are we seeing from Jesus? A, don't isolate. Don't isolate. Go to their world. You see, we have the cure. The world has the disease. We are to go to the world. B, don't condemn Be comfortable around them. Be comfortable around them. C, don't be embarrassed. You say, well, I can't share the gospel like that I'm a Christian. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Remember the blurred flu we talked about? See, don't be embarrassed. Introduce them to Jesus. He's the only cure. What if the bird flu comes to Brevard County? And we have the only cure, but we don't announce it. That would be the worst kind of cruelty. Do you know today, sin, the disease of sin has impacted all of Brevard County. We and many other churches that believe in Jesus Christ, we have the only cure. The worst thing you and I can do is keep it to ourselves. It's not about death here. It's about eternal death forever. So those are the ABCs. We see that exactly in the life of Jesus. He doesn't isolate. He doesn't condemn. And he's not embarrassed about saying, follow me. Just before Jesus goes back to heaven, he gets his disciples together and he prays an incredible prayer over him. I want you to see it in John 17, 15. It's, it goes like this. Jesus says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. 
You see, what Jesus says is this, as you see it right there. He says, don't be of the world. Don't be doing the stuff of the world. But you got to be in the world. I mean, what good would it do? Think about this. What good does it do if Jesus says to Matthew, follow me, Matthew does, and they never go to Matthew's house where all the sinners are? What chance of those people hearing there's a cure? That's exactly why Jesus went there. He didn't isolate. You and I can't isolate. You can't expect them just to walk in the door. We have to be around sinners. Now, let me explain some things to you. In the next few weeks, we have great opportunities to be around people who are unbelievers. Many of you will have office parties, all those kind of things. Let me give you a couple disclaimers. If you're a former alcoholic or if you had trouble with drugs and whatever and those kind of things, you shouldn't be going to the office parties because that's the same thing. God is going to call you to a ministry of going to the bars because you'd be too tempted. So don't go there. But most of us don't have that issue. So when you and I are invited to Christmas parties or whatever, you can certainly go and not indulge in the things they do, but be light in a dark place. Now, how does that work? Well, I remember many years, as, as you know, I was in pharmacy and... Because I was a director, I went to the doctor's parties and all this kind of stuff, and the big administrator party and whatever. And, you know, when I went into these big parties, here's how I kind of went. I went in, and they would come by and said, hey, what would you like to drink? I said, you're serving alcohol? At a Christmas party? Where Jesus is? What's wrong with you people? That was the last party I was ever invited to. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Did I say... Well, give me something on the rocks. I don't even know what something on the rocks is, but give me something on the rocks. No, and I didn't go like this. You know, uh, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't drink. Thank you very much. I'm too holy for that. What do you have in your hand? What kind of weirdness is that? And then later, I'd say to my wife, honey, we've been here 15 minutes. Did we make our appearance good enough? We want to leave now. You know, we've been... We did the good thing. We've been around sinners for 15 minutes. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for the nice party. <laughs> what is that? That's stupid. That's ridiculous. But do you see me out there taking my clothes off? <laughs> no, you don't see that either. Some of you are hoping, no, no, no. My wife asked me never because I was the administrator. She's not here. Honey, if you're watching, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> No, we, we didn't do that. And see, we didn't make people feel uncomfortable. You can be among them and not make them feel uncomfortable. When Jesus is in this party, the Bible tells us he's a friend of sinners. Never making them uncomfortable and yet giving them the truth. I also didn't go to those parties and say, okay, now that you guys have had five drinks each, sit down here and I'm going to teach you a Bible study. Number one, they never remember it anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> now, I did leave before one or two because things got a little funky then. We just left. But I want to challenge you. What kind of mentality do you have? No, I didn't indulge in those things. But I, am I better than them? Not a bit. Because I remember, and so do you, we all came from the same sin seed. So I can be a friend of them. They can see the joy and the peace that I have in my heart without all that jazz. Let me make a warning. Somebody stopped me last night and says, well, if I'm to be a friend of sinners, can, can I date unbelievers? Absolutely not. 
You see, my dad taught me something very important. If you never date an unbeliever, you never marry an unbeliever. We say, what's wrong with marrying an unbeliever? Well, the Bible says don't do it. Well, how about going into a business partnership with an unbeliever? The Bible says don't do it. Well, that's where I'm going to make my money. I'm going to make my money because these guys know how to make money. The Bible says don't do it. Is the Bible wiser than my wisdom? A million times more. But I can be a friend of sinners. I just don't date them. Then I won't marry them. See, the Bible is very exacting. In some ways, in other ways, just open-ended. Jesus knew how to deal with people. And in this setting, in the next few weeks, you have an incredible opportunity, by the way, to invite people into your home and to go to neighborhood parties. I'm not saying being a party person. I'm just saying being a real person. Take some punch over. Do whatever. If they ask if it's spiked, say, no, but I'll spike it for you, whatever. No, it isn't spiked. It's all right. Have an eggnog. Low fat, please. If you can't enjoy Christmas, why in the world are you a Christian? Have fun. Enjoy it. Say, well, Jesus wasn't born on the 25th. We all know that. Relax. (laughs) Well, a Christmas tree is kind of illegal. Relax. We got dead ones up here. It's all right. Jesus, help us. You see, no wonder people won't come. You're a sinner? Are you a sinner? I don't want to sit next to you. What? But are you embarrassed to introduce people to Christ? Are you ashamed to tell people that you're born again? Have you forgotten what your life was like before? Do you make unbelievers feel uncomfortable around you because you're so holy? No, we must reach people where they live, where they work, where they play. We must be their friends, not close friends. Psalms 1 tells us that. We don't get the wisdom from the world, but we don't make them feel uncomfortable. Look at verse 12. On hearing this question that the Pharisees asked, Jesus said, well, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. You see, the Pharisees considered themselves spiritually healthy. They were unwilling, like Matthew, to say, I'm a sinner. I need a cure. So Jesus was saying, well, your rituals don't do it. The Pharisees are saying, why are you eating with sinners? Well, let me ask you a question. How many people were born sinners? Everyone. So what if Jesus went to a party of Pharisees only and ate with them? Who'd he be eating with? A sinner. See, they don't admit it. They don't agree. And so Jesus goes on and he quotes the Old Testament. Matthew knew it. Hosea 6.6, Jesus says this, but go and learn. I know you've learned things today. See, when, when we get things confused, Jesus says, go and learn. That's why we teach the word here. So Jesus says, go and learn. And what does he say to go and learn? He said, learn what this means. Quoting the Old Testament, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. In other words, you guys are sacrificing forever. But you have no mercy, you have no grace, you have no unforgiveness in your heart. You can't stand sinners because you think you're better than they are. He says, go and learn from this. I'm tired of your sacrifices. It's all hooey. It's all religious ritual. It means nothing to you. It hasn't changed your life. He says, how about having some mercy? 
For I have not come, notice, to call the righteous, but sinners. Was Jesus saying to the Pharisees, I didn't come for you because you're okay now. No, he's, he's doing this to them. He's slapping them and really saying this. You think you're healthy? You're not healthy. I came for you too. And what he says is, if you'll acknowledge you need my help, if you'll acknowledge you need my mercy and forgiveness, that's why I came. If you'll acknowledge it, then I can offer you the same joy and forgiveness I offered Matthew. But if you are too good in your own good works, then I have nothing really to say to you. Because nothing I say will make a difference. You think you're good in your own rights. What does he say? Dr. Jesus makes house calls where people need to be cured. Other than that, I won't go there. I won't play your religious game. And I came to this house filled with sinners because it's an opportunity for me to sit here among people for who I came. Do you know this morning that Jesus came for you? The last thing I want to say to you today is this. Jesus has chosen you to come and follow him. Christian, let me ask you two questions. One, have you reached your potential? Are you striving for the potential God has for you in your life? Are you kind of on hold, just letting things fly by? Hey, hey, stir yourself. Stir the gift that's in you, Timothy says this morning. And Christian, don't forget the ABCs. Don't be embarrassed. Don't condemn. Don't at all feel like you're better than somebody. And don't isolate yourself. Be filled with the Spirit. Be light in a dark place. Love people. I love people that come and are just considering Christianity. I love it. Some of you are here on the stool like Matthew was. And you know in your heart, you're empty. And you fooled others. Maybe you even tried to fool yourself. But you know today, you're tired of trying to play a game. And if you're here and you want your life to change, you have to do one thing. Actually, two. Number one, you have to admit you need help. You have to admit you're a sinner. And then you have to say, God, I want to follow you. And then you get down and you begin to follow him and never look back. He'll change your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a new start. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter how much garbage in history is here. Jesus is not interested in this. This goes away. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are forgiven. And away you begin on the adventure of a lifetime. But you must do exactly like Matthew did. Often I say to you, you know, Matthew, Matthew chooses to follow God openly, publicly, and honestly, that's how he follows God. That's how you have to follow God. Don't be ashamed. As disciples of Christ who have been set free from self-deception and vain pursuits, we have a high calling to share our freedom from sin with others. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark gave us several examples that helped us better understand just how important it is that we share with others. In our study, we learn the importance of sharing the gospel in humility, peace, respect, and love. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Being a disciple of Christ is one of the most exciting adventures we can possibly embark on. But in order for us to do so, our life will see some radical changes as we become committed followers. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will discuss some key attributes of the Christian walk and what that looks like in our day-to-day lives. If you're unclear on what discipleship looks like, then this will be the message for you. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given